What's up, everyone? Welcome to the week two review and week three preview on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And today we will begin by talking about how miserable the New York Jets are from top to bottom. But we also will talk about the positives, which there are some highlights in there. Uh, and of course, we will preview the week three Indy Colts and Philip Rivers, because unfortunately, we are on to Indy. But Alex, what's for et cetera? What's going on, John? For et cetera today, we're going to talk about three games that I found interesting for week two, and then we're going to look at some of the games for week three. All right, yeah, we're going to get into some gambling parlays uh, and some dogs, um, maybe uh, make some money because uh, happiness is definitely not coming from the Jets. It's your damn sure. All right, Ricey, let's go. my nightmare what's up alex how you doing man how was your weekend dude what's going on john and this nightmare first of all for the for anyone for all our listeners out there i should say uh john was dead today <laughs> we had to res- resuscitate this man from the grave to bring him back to do this podcast he didn't want to do this podcast he was ready to walk away he was done he was <laughs> uh, that's not true, but but I am I am thankful that we made the executive decision to change the Sunday podcast to Knicks, and so if I had to do this at eight p.m. on Sunday night, ooh, that would have been a little rough. Oh my God, you should uh, if you for people who listen to the Knicks episode too, if you did listen on the last one when we got close to the et cetera, John was like, "No, I can't do this right now. Please, I need a day to sleep." Think about it. Sleep again. Think about it. I need to wait. And uh, man, yeah. I mean, let's get right into it, dude. Because like it would, it's been it's been a fury of I don't even know what the right word is. Garbage. It's been a fury of garbage since the beginning of the season, right? We've had three halves out of four that have just been absolutely atrocious football. All right, we did have the second half of the Bills game. And and I think like we were uh, we were kind of running on fumes of that in in week two, and we had some injuries for San Francisco coming, so we were uh, um, very cautiously optimistic that maybe we can cover the spread of the touchdown, which by the way was completely gone at one o one p.m. and the kickoff was at one o'clock today because the first yard from scrimmage for the San Francisco 49ers was an 80-yard untouched run to the house, Alex. Like, how – tell me, like, what was Ogletree doing on that play? Like, I understand it was Williamson's first snap in two years. Like, I, I get it. It sucks. Like, I get that. Ashton Davis didn't feel like tackling. Like, I, I, he's a rookie. I, told, I get all of it. But, yo, like, what was that, man? I don't even know. Uh, it's so hard, bro, because like when the first play of the game it goes for 80 yards on a touchdown, like goes untouched, like it's infuriating. It 
there, no plays like that should happen for like it's, it's it happens once in a while sure you know but week two after we just got beat by the bills and you're like all right guys we gotta we gotta rally we gotta be ready for this next game we gotta we gotta show that we got heart like first week put it away we didn't have a preseason. We're ready for week two. No, you, did, you don't even come out week two showing you're ready. Letting an 80-yard touchdown is <laughs> it's downright wrong for the fans, honestly. For the, for the loyal Jets fans out there who have to watch this game and just had to witness the beatdown that we got, not only from like – keep in mind, the worst part of this game, like, and we're going to touch on it, is that we didn't even lose to all the starters. We lost the second and third string unit guys – like we had chances to come back and get into this game. That 80 yard touchdown sucked, but everything else about this game sucked. Like the good, like we can, we could talk positive and negatives, but really just like we lost to a second unit team, the second unit team, which, you know, in an NFL is kind of, you know, they're professional guys. Yeah. But on the professional level, they're kind of JV ish, right? No, they made the jets with JV. We had, we had our starting quarterback. We had our starting O-line. We had, uh, Perryman, we, yeah, sure. We got Barrios, who's like supposed to be a solid slot that we've been, uh, you know, hearing from like off season. Then we have our tight ends who Gase has been like promoting with Herndon, who's supposed to be like the guy, the secret weapon, the X factor that we have and gets four targets. Like dude, right now, do you honestly, like, this is the issue. This is the honest issue. And I, this is why I'm so glad that we had a couple, I had a couple days to just like com- Get, get gather my composure because you just said to me Braxton Berrios and Brashard Perryman, like two dudes who can't find another roster spot on a squad. And we're talking about you, and you're telling me how the X Factors or the Jets. Like, what, what are you talking about? Chris Herndon dropped a wide, dropped a touchdown. It wasn't wide open, but he dropped a touchdown in his hands. That, yes, Crowder is a much better player, but Crowder made that play last year. And the same exact throw from Darnold. And what drives me nuts about this whole thing is that we're just like, <laughs> we're living in delusion land. Like, what do you mean Braxton Berrios and, <laughs> and Brichard Perryman? And what, 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 what's really like throwing me off, like the Jets being bad and not having a pass catcher and not having playmakers on offense, that doesn't throw me off. But that is completely normal, like totally like Braxton Berry is our number one receiver or Chris Hogan. Like that totally makes sense to me. Guy from Jersey because he like plays lacrosse, of course. All of that makes perfect sense to me. What drives me nuts, and I guess he's just a complete antithesis of Todd Bowles, our previous coach, where he, Todd Bowles would just get up there and mumble and say absolutely nothing and just have stone face. Gase gets up there and he's like, yeah. You know, I had a game plan. We stuck to it. And part of the game plan was to run in the beginning, which they were kind of moving the ball on on the ground a little bit. I give them that. And then it was to open it up for Perryman. Perryman got hurt. He's been always hurt his whole career. He's been hurt in in training camp. He's been hurt in the first game. He's been, okay, like we're going to base your entire game plan on this guy because he went down. That's it. It's over. I, I, that, like, that is inexcusable. And, I'm going to jump to something that really uh, nobody has touched upon before I let you go off on Gase. Because up until now, I've been called a Gase apologist, which uh, I totally resent that. Okay? I am not a Gase apologist, but I, I, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, at least with this current team, 
right? Like he just showed up here. Last year was tough, first year, yada, yada, yada. Quarterback goes out, slack for not having a game plan. And his true colors are showing. His game plan is the issue. But it's more than that. He does not have control of this locker room. And let me just point out to you and to Jets fans, Adam Gase keeps complaining about the personnel, personnel, personnel. Why does Manish Mehta hate the Manish Mehta, the writer from the Daily News? Why does he hate Gase so much? Why do they have such a big problem? Because Gase was the general manager for like a, a month or so because he somehow was able to fire McCagnin, right? Which, I don't know, Chris Johnson just said he wish he did it earlier, but they gave him an extension. None of this makes any sense. It's, we're, we're, run, we're run by the blind, right? It's just the blind leading the blind. But the point is that Gase had the rate, right? He he had it for so like like it was it was just last year. He could have signed guys. He could have did whatever he wanted. All he did was complain about Bell's contract and cause a rift there, right? He didn't want to pay Adams. He obviously wanted to cut Avery Williamson. Everybody knows that, and that's why they restructured the contract. It just blows my mind. Like you had you like you had what? How many head coaches have that? power for even a month just a year away and adam gates dude you don't deserve to be the general manager for a, a second you don't even deserve to walk into the general manager's office as the head coach obviously but what that was driving me nuts is he's so quick to blame everybody else it has been everybody else's fault so i like i, I was <laughs> I'll, I'll let you get to it but i was on the apologist side of like the whole his he's not running enough two tight end sets, which, you know, me and you have been like getting into a little spit about, you know, and that's why they weren't successful week one. I, I, I you know, and then week two, he ran a zillion two tight end sets, you know, and they got, got, did absolutely nothing. And then Herndon had that drop pass, of course, that we mentioned, but man, oh man, like how many other people can you blame, right? Like Q will, the rookie's doing well, Becton's doing fine. Darnold's doing okay. Like, when is it your fault, dude? Like when? Dude, like, let me clear something up with the with Barrios and Perriman. It's not me. I'm saying this. I'm repeating what Gase is saying. Gase is Gase is promoting these guys, saying that these guys are ready. Herndon's ready. Herndon is the X factor. Look, I have faith in Herndon. I think Herndon will be fine. But the 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 main key of this is getting rid of Gase. And Gase right now is showing how much of a fraud this he is. He is this is the he's an absolute fraud, bro. The, he is he's been riding the coattails of Peyton Manning for two years on the Denver Broncos, where they were the number one offense for way too long. Let's let's get some uh, let's let's be real for a second with who Adam Gase really is, okay? Since Adam Gase has been a head coach in Miami and with the Jets. This is the rankings of points offensively for his teams. 17th, 28th, 26th, 31st, 31st. That's just offense overall. Passing-wise, let's go. 12, 15, 17, 27, 20. This guy's supposed to be an offensive guru. This guy is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. I don't know anyone who gets this type of like recognition for having these type of rankings. That makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. And even before this, he, when he was an offensive coordinator with the Chicago Bears, you want to know what that offense ranked? 23rd in, in points, 23rd in passing TDs. Yes, he had Jay Cutler. He also brought Jay Cutler to Miami. He had Ryan Tannehill, who he said, uh, who he, who everyone thought this guy was below average. Now we're seeing Ryan, Ryan Tannehill with the Tennessee Titans, and he is thriving, man. 
He is thriving under Mike Vrabel. Let's go through some statistics for Ryan Tannehill for a second. Okay. Ryan Tannehill, last season when he came in, had 70% completion, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions with a 117.5 QBR. When for this season right now through two games, same thing, 70% completion percentage, six TDs, no interceptions, 120.7 QBR. When he was with Gase, his highest average, I think, was in the 80s. I think I want to say 88 or like maybe even 90, I'll say around there. But that's around the average. 88 is the average of QBR since 2017 right now because teams are just passing the ball out the wazoo. And it's just easy because of pass interferences, wide open. A lot of teams are playing either zone or there's man coverage. Not, it's just easier to throw the ball now because of the way the rules are. So what has this man, you're telling me he can whisper to QBs and get these guys going? And the thing was that Darnold, who is supposedly suppo- better than Tannehill, that was the whole thing. It's like, okay, now Gase has a quarterback. He didn't have a quarterback in Miami. He had to work with Ryan Tannehill, and now he has Darnold. And Darnold's throwing 60%, which is, which is pretty decent. And now you're telling me that everything else, where is this offensive guru? His plans are so freaking vanilla, dude. Like when we talk about using two tight end sets, that dispute, it was – this 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 discussion was like, hey, he needs to use two tight end sets because he's got Griffin and Herndon, who like he, his two best receiving options right now because it's not Perryman, it's not Barrios, Crowder's out. Use these guys, get them into space, right? Not to use two tight ends and run the ball like he did with Frank Gore. That makes no sense. It's it's ridiculous. This guy is just he he is the absolute fraud of head coaches. I don't even know how he got the offensive guru status. Nothing shows that he has the statistics to get any team rolling. He had one playoff. He had one playoff appearance with the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I mean, yeah, I I I agree. I agree. I agree with you there. He's he's riding the he's the excuse master. Like that's what it is. He's riding. So like he had the mono Darnold excuses last year, and the Tannehill excuses. He he used that over there too. When Tannehill was injured, his record was bad. When Tannehill was playing, his record was good. So that's what he used. So like honestly, when when Gase gets fired, at, uh, we'll talk about uh, you know when you think that will be. But when he gets fired, he, he's going to sit down with his resume and say, hey, man, when Sam Darnold was playing, this was the record. When Tannehill was playing, this was the record. And it's pretty good. It's over 500. That's why he's a snake. Like, that's, why he's, that's why he's going with it. He's not like some like crazy delusion. That- yeah, I mean, look, I think he, he – he, he, but you can't do that, right? That's not, that's not head coaching. Head coaching, like, yes, I could say – like. Any head coach can be like, oh, I didn't have my starter, and look how I did when I did have my starter. A good head coach is supposed to elevate the play of all the players. We saw Mike Tomlin take Duck Rogers after losing Ben Roethlisberger last year, and I don't even know who the other guy is. He took second and third string quarterbacks and got the Steelers to eight and eight. Mason, Mason Rudolph. Um Oh yeah, uh, Mason Mason Rudolph. Sorry, how can I forget that name? But yeah, he took he took those guys to eight and eight. Are you serious? Mike Tom, like that's a head coach. He got more out of them than what we got with who's supposed to be a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. That makes no sense. It just makes no sense to me. Like there's other, like John Fox took Tim Tebow to the playoffs. That's coaching. What, what has Ryan, what, what, not Ryan Tannehill, what has Adam Gase done? Like you can't, that's, we had Luke Falk and Trevor Simeon come in underprepared last year. 
Like that may, like that's not coaching. This guy is, you can't, you can't pluck, you can't pluck and choose what your resume is. Your resume is what it is. Like you're a head coach. There's going to be injuries in the league. There's going to be injuries on your team. You have to perform when these things happen. And I'm tired of Gase with all these excuses. I, look, I used to write about the Jets for Empire Rights Back. And I, I held off on, on just slamming Adam Gase because people were like, well, it's not fair because of the, the first season. As you're saying, it's like, fine. You want to give him that? Fine. He went six and two? Fine. Guess what? He went six and two against teams that sucked, that didn't have winning records. What? The, 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 the Las Vegas Raiders were the only team. And then they were, thinking, they were sitting their players, literally. Yeah. And then wait. And then wait. Last week when we played the, the Bills, we had a struggle with our starters and they had their second unit going in. And when we didn't have, when, when Jamal Adams was out, uh, we lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. What, what, what is going on, man? This is not coaching. Yeah. There was two two teams that had no wins that we lost to last year with Gase at the helm that nobody that we we literally forget about. We we we, we always joke with that phrase. People forget about that. People literally forget about that. Adam Gase just last year lost to two winless NFL football teams. The Dolphins and the Bengals. Like that's kind of rough, man. And here's the thing. Again, I I I, I think I've been pretty clear. I'm not a Gase apologist. However, the offense doesn't the offensive plays, like, 75% of it looks fantastic. You know what I mean? He just, like, doesn't close on the drives. And then that's why he blinks other people. Oh, if we execute, it would have worked. Okay, cool, man. <laughs> um, but the not giving freedom to Sam Darnold in certain places to call an audible, that's a problem for me. Sam Darnold's a big boy. He has, a, he has an extension on the line. All right? Like, honestly, if – if we're going to talk about it at the end and the et cetera, and we're talking about the chargers, but it seemed like Justin Herbert walked in there and did some things that Anthony Lynn didn't like, or he was, you know, like explicitly instructed not to do. And he got called out for it. But guess what? Like he put on a show and everybody with eyes <laughs> could see that Justin Herbert could play. So look, Darnold, like you're the one getting pushed under the bus right now. People are talking about Trevor Lawrence. Are you kidding me? Like, I've been getting so many texts and, and like, posted columns, and everyone's talking about Trevor Lawrence. Yo, like, get out of my face. Even if we had the – like, if we get the first pick, okay, we'll talk about trading it or trading Sam for a crazy haul, like, 4-1 of them. But you're going to sit here and tell me, like, we should tank for Trevor Lawrence? Like, that is the dumbest. Seriously, like, if, if, when some, if someone comes to tell me that, like – Preemptively, I'm telling you right now, it's the dumbest statement. Like, get out of my face. That's the statement right now. I, it's, it's just what, what's really throwing me off here is, yes, the, the Sam Darnold not giving him freedom, regressing him, problem. Sam Darnold not setting his feet and his mechanics not improving, problem. Let me just flip it over for a second. We didn't make a tackle, dude. We're still talking about that first play. What about the third and 31 when we got 55 yards on the rush, dude? And, I mean, I was texting you, right, in a group chat with Ricey, and, like, that was, like, our first positive defensive sequence in the in a game, right, since, like, the second half of the Bills when we're playing that second-string team. Um, Yo, that t- first of all, that text exchange was funny because you have to understand, like, John is the – John is a resident optimist of this podcast for the Jets. I am the resident pessimist. And it's not because like, I, there's two different reasons why I, I, I think for me, like my father is a Jets fan. 
he saw the he saw Super Bowl three. He's seen the travesty of what the Jets are. Okay, when I started getting into my Jets fandom, he pretty much gave it to me. He 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 handed it down. Like when we had the Sanchez, it was like this is the best I've ever seen it. And then afterwards, every single time I watch a game with him, he'd be like, "Here we go, same old Jets. This is." It. He's like, "They can't they, they can't catch passes. They can't complete plays. They can't do this." And it's just like it's the same thing over and over. And now it's like ingrained in me. And it's like when I see this, I'm like, I like I used to be so optimistic. I was so optimistic during 2011 when we went eight and eight with uh, the Sanchez. All right, and then since then, it's just like. My pops is just like ingrained, like, this is what you got to look out for. And like, yeah, I played football growing up too. And it's like, he, he, he like, and he, so did he, he was like, look, these are the things you got to look out for in a football team to like show, like if they're actually like cohesive and they can do the things uh, to become successful. And then as I watch more and more to this, I'm just like, this is not it. And Gase is just like, Gase has been point blank. Just not it. He's been point blank since he's been with the dolphins. And it's, it's just, it, it, for, it really came back to smack uh, Chris Johnson in the face with, calling him a brilliant offensive mind, a brilliant offensive mind. Doesn't like, I, I don't care about the touchdown. I don't, I don't care that, that, that doesn't even count. Go bro. Not, not five years ago. Not when he hired him when last week. Yeah. Yeah. Last week he said he was a brilliant offensive mind after a terrible bills game, terrible. And then he's going to tell us that this is an offensive mind. Remove that touchdown. It's still six points. Cause that touchdown was like essentially garbage time. Like that, that touchdown doesn't even count. Like, the last, let me tell you something, man. The first game, we were down 28-0 at halftime. Don't believe the 21-3 score because Allen had that fumble. Like, it was great. I'm glad we had it. I'm glad we drove down the field and got that three. And it was, like, the saving grace. And 21-3 was the saving grace, believe it or not. And then the second game, we were we lost by by the first second of the game, literally, first play from scrimmage. We, were, we lost that game 31-6. So, honestly, in my head, we lost first game 28-0. And the second game, thirty-one-six. Like that's that's my record so far. Absolutely, and, and it's pitiful. It's just that, this is where I like. I'm sick of it. But let's. I guess let's go through the positive and the uh, the negatives from this game. Uh, we can start with like some of the positives, because we've been bashing right now, and I can continuously bash. But the good things that we saw offense was actually moving the ball. Like the issue was that they were act, they, they were actually moving the ball pretty well for most of the game. It's just, as you pointed out earlier, they weren't able to close on the deal. Like, and you have these stupid, these stupid calls. Like who gives it to Adams on a fourth and one? If I also see one more damn field goal, I'm going to kill myself. Like, okay, Ficken, I get it. You're cool, man. Like, thank you for hitting the field goals. Honestly, like much praise to Sam Ficken. Underrated. He was killed us in the the last year. He's picked it up. Thank you, man, for hitting it when you're called. I don't want to see you. Please, like, I can't see you when we're down three scores, bro. What are we doing? Like, Adam Gase is literally literally padding the scoreboard so it doesn't look that bad. Like, like he goes into a two-minute drill every time he's down 45. Great. I'm glad. It makes – like, this is like <laughs> – we can't help but be negative because it's stupid plays like that. I don't I, – I cannot see another bubble screen. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. I cannot do it. Becton, dude, just run it left. And what's with that? Like, I don't like. I also don't get like why did like we were down and we like I get like establishing the run for play action, but then we barely ran any play action. Like I think Adam Gase made it perfectly, perfectly clear he had a game plan and he wasn't going to change it. He's stubborn, dude. He just he like 
here's the thing. He literally thinks he's a genius. His boss, the guy that pays him his check, his boss, just called him a genius. You know what I'm saying? Like, last week. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, if my boss, like, like if my boss my, was sitting there calling me a genius, I'm going to feel some type of way, man. And, like, plus, like, I have some power over 53 dudes and a couple coaches. You know what I mean? Like, I'm getting paid lots of money. Like, I'm, I'm going to feel some type of way. You know uh, what I'm saying? And he like, he's like, he's owning the media. Like, they're talking crap about him. He's like, he's like taking away their credentials. He's like yelling at, he's like making fun of Rich uh, Simony for, you know, asking him who the backup quarterback was. Like, how's that going, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we're going to give it all away with the quarterback. You know, what are you talking about, dude? Like, you're exposing yourself every single day. But I don't know. I, 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 do see the, I do see the bright spots in our running game. I'm not too mad about the running game. I'm not too mad about Gore running a bunch of times. I know people are mad because he's old, but, like, I like Gore establishing the run. Yo, he was effective, man. He was going up the middle. He was get, He's always good for, like, positive yards, two, three yards. And, like, he still has got some juice, man. That was impressive. It's fine. P. Ryan is fine. P. Ryan, the O-line looked good. The O-line was, like, and they were making holes. The guards are kind of wag, but they're fine. Look. We still like look. This is still a rebuilding O line, but it look, it's getting to being average, unlike what we had last year. And it's yeah, yeah, night. Yeah, it's night and day. Like we can at least take that as like some some you know some saving grace. And even in pass protection, it's pretty good in pass protection. You put pass protection is the best. Run can be a little bit better, but that's like what you said. It's guards because guards have to be able to pull. They have to be a little bit more. It, it's it's speed and it's uh and strength at the same time. But yo, what Beckton? Beckton's looking legit, first of all. Like that people were saying he was a looks like a Hall of Fame left tackle. I could see it. And he's a rookie. No, let's calm down. But bro, bro like you uh, a beast. He's looking like a beast. And I'm nothing is he's not he's not even shocking anyone right now, which is why I'm so happy. And what's really what's really the best part of him, besides him pancaking people and the Baldy breakdowns, not me, Baldy breakdowns, um, Brian Baldinger. Um his attitude, his attitude on the field when he makes a, when he makes a tackle and he wants the responsibility to have him rush behind him and to put the game plan on his head. Okay, mm-hmm. he sees the hole even if it wasn't the game plan all week. Like he sees he sees it. You know what I'm saying? He was studying. Even Gay said it today. He's been studying. It's clear that he knows what his opponent's gonna do. He he was on. Bosa got hurt, and it it's really sucks that he tore his ACL. It sucks that Solomon Thomas tore his ACL. But, yo, he was holding down Nick Bosa when he was in. He honestly was. I think he had, like, eight to ten uh, full, like, one-on-one snaps with him. And he, like, he was good to go, man. Super yeah. for a rook. Absolutely. And that's, like, th- these are, like, the, that's the, that's a saving grace from this draft. Kudos to JD on selecting him, seeing that we have to build the O-line. It's a slow process. As you said, the guards need to get better. But Becton, so far, Becton is looking legit. Like that is something that that is, you know, it, it, finally, finally, we like the blind side can be protected. Big issue last season. We can at least, we can at least know that we have some semblance of an O-line, even, even fan uh, looking pretty good. I agree. And I have a hot take, man. I think in the same exact draft that we got the Brickshaw Ferguson and Mangold in, right. We got Beckton and Cam Clark in. And I think when Cam Clark steps into left guard, it's going to be absolutely insane. And 
<laughs> like they're going to be two walls and he's a captain and he just, he's a little bit injured right now. And I think, I honestly do think he's going to end up playing this year at guard. I think that eventually our, ta- our guards are going to go down, unfortunately. Um, and I do think he's going to step in and I'm really excited for that day. For sure. I, like I, I'm looking forward to it too, but so far tackles have been looking good center. Uh, who is it? Uh, McGovern McGovern has been looking solid. It's just, it's really just Alex Lewis and uh, Van Rot- Van Rotten, who's just, they got, yeah, they just got to, they just got to pull it up. But O line is looking good. Run game is looking solid. Uh, things, Darnold, yeah, all things considered. Um, Darnold, second game, looked pretty good, man. He was passing the ball, hitting people on target. Guys just got to catch it. Guys got to catch it. His feet got to be set. His, feet, his feet's got to be set, but, I mean, a little nuts, man. He, he, he makes them wild. I, I like it. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I like it. I like the wild. I like the wild throws. Okay. But the not setting your feet and just throwing it up to Braxton Berrios, you can't, you just can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, you just, it's just like you can't. Like, you, I, I get why he wants to do it. I get that if he had a good wide receiver there, it, w- it would be like, super enticing you know what i mean like i'm the man i got this i got the zip like i don't need to set my feet kind of deal i get it but dude you just can't be doing that right now you know what we need we need you to be a game manager like you 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 have to honestly read the room like read the room like you can't you're not you can't brett Favre sling it right now like read the room manage the game and get a damn w like hold the ball control the clock you know what i'm saying like read the defense Change the damn play. Don't worry about the stupid coach. He's going to get fired. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, don't worry. Like, Gase is not getting an extension. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of, of when it happens, and I'm going to ask you about it right now, of whether, of, of, when, of, if, if, if you think he's going to get fired or not, but I, 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 don't, I don't think that we have to care about what Gase says anymore. Like, if Gase doesn't want you to audible, what is he going to do? Bench you, bro? Like, remember, honestly, they did that. They did that to Jamal Adams, man. Jamal Adams, they benched him last year on two or three plays because he did something dumb or whatever that they didn't like. And he was just like, dude, I'm Jamal Adams. I could, like, get away with, you know, stuff like that. Like, doing an audible when they told him not to type deal. And he was gone. He's like, he, like, he, he, he never, like, was able to recover from that. You know what I'm saying? It was so downhill. And honestly, that's fine. Like, Gase, thank you. Like, Darnold has to. I, I really think – I really, 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 really think that the tide has turned. Not necessarily with the talent and the team, but, yo, the press conference has been insane, dude. The press conferences today on the first, on the first game back have been insane. And that's what this is really all about. Like Q, like, Q Will had the best game of his career. Literally the best game of his career. And we haven't even talked about him completely undersold. Like, it's just under, un, you know, and that's the coach's fault, dude. It's, it's also Greg Williams' fault because he didn't have his players ready to tackle, right? Ogletree is tough. It drives me nuts that the, the most depth we had was that inside linebacker. And now we, we can't find an inside linebacker to tackle literally anybody. All drives me nuts. Q, Q Will deserves all the praise. You know what I'm saying? For sure. I, so let's uh, so let's finish up though before we start like going way too off topic though. Like, well, we got through like the positives with like the offense, right? We know where it's where it struggles. I would we can get to the negatives now, and we'll go honestly. The negatives with the offense is 
I'm just going to just get up before we get to Q will negative with the offense is just the play calling. It's really, it's really Gase. It's really not being, no, it really is, man. It really is. It's like, it's not even being like, it's not a taking advantage. We're not throwing it down field. He sticks to the game plan. As you pointed out, he doesn't want to adjust. This is what the issue was. No halftime adjustments. I'm sorry. This is how teams figure you out. If you keep doing the same thing over, over and over again, like there's, it just makes no sense. It makes no sense how you can't change and do something else. So offensively for the negative, he has to be better. You can't have guys just like checking it down. You can't have giving it to Adams on the fourth and one. You should be allowed to sneak it. You got to have like these creative ideas to get your guys going. And it, it's just not tolerable. It, it, that's, that's it at the, the end of the point. That's, that's the negative about the, that's the negative about the offense. Positive. Let's move to the defense now. Positives and negatives. Honestly, just negatives. There's really like very few, like besides Q will having like a just balling out that day. There's not really much else going on. Like Pulio looked pretty good. May was like, May just like disappeared after like a stellar week one. Like other than that, there's like very few positives to talk about the defense. You mentioned it. It's missed tackles. What's going on? This is supposed to be like, this is supposed to be uh, Greg Williams' bread and butter. Are you t- like the question is is like is Jamal Adams really that big of a difference that we're seeing all of this? Like is that is that's what's going on? It looks like there's no energy, there's no fire that we're missing after trading the star safety. The negative all around is just like no one no one did anything. Like Sam Fran came in, honestly ran kind of like the game plan that Gase wanted to run all up and down us. Except he has a speedster to go on the outside. He ran out on the outside. We had uh, Mozart just like going to town. Then we give up a third and 30 to uh, Jarek McKinnon, who got 50 plus yards. What is it? Like, why? Like, we don't, we, we use Ogletree over Williamson that we have back. Oh my God. Oh my God. Watching Ogletree and the fact that he's on the team right now, not being able to play because he got cut from the Giants because he was. Uh, him and like Jermaine Johnson on the Rams and like flashbacks of them on our team. And then what was really interesting was um, John Franklin Myers, who was uh, the draft pick the Rams got when they traded Ogletree away. He actually uh, is signed for the Jets and played for uh, played for them in the debut and did pretty well. Had like three QB hits um, and like. He seems like the new Kyle Phillips, which I guess I figured something out in Greg Williams' system. Uh, D tackles don't really matter. Like you can kind of plug and play them. You know what I mean? And like they kind of they kind of get to the hole, um, especially when you have like a, a bulldozer like uh, like Q Will. Like those are the positives for me. Um, Avery Williamson did like I guess wake up a little bit like some plays, but you just like the he didn't get enough snaps and. Here's the thing, man. When you restructure your contract on the year that they wanted to cut you and when the incentives in the contract are tied to playing time, you're not going to get playing time. You know what I mean? Like that that's just the way it is. So it sucks. And they would rather like use Alec Ogletree who couldn't find a team and now he's playing snaps. You know what I mean? It literally makes no sense. I get it was Williamson's first game back. 
but I, it feels like he had an issue with it. And, you know, I'll let you talk about the defense because, like, I was getting to the press conference. Like, that's my whole issue with Gase, man. And that's where, like, I finally came home, you know, like, during this game or, or after this game because clearly the, the, he lost the locker room. You can tell. Like, you can tell that he has no control of this team. He doesn't have the pulse of it, as I like to say. Like, you don't come and not tackle on the first game back over a depleted San Francisco 49ers team who you should be scared of. You should be terrified of this 49ers team. You know what I mean? Like, the Patriots are coming to town with Tom Brady. You know what I mean? And you need this game. Like, that's how we should have been. Like, they're the defending champs. They have injuries. We should have saw blood. And then during the game, all their guys are going down. And how, how are we responding? <laughs> like, in real time. In real time. We're responding by not making tackles. Yeah. No, it's – that's honestly, like, that, that's that's really just that, – that's where it comes, like, to the to the negatives of the defense. It's no one was doing anything. Like, there – the because it, it was just – there was just, like, so many open pockets to complete short to mid passes, holes for every running back. Like, what – like, come on. It's just ridiculous. They ran, like, our bread and butter is to stop the run, and they ran up and down all of us. Like, they, like, it's insane. Absolutely insane. Pat thought. Huh? McDougal, what he thinks. <laughs> the practice, they're not intense enough, man. Same thing with Williamson. They're not intense enough, you know, and they could try to cover it up and say that's not what they meant or whatever, but we know what you mean. Like, we, we really do know what you mean, and it's okay. Like, we get it. You can't be that front, uh, upfront about a coach. What do you think he means? What do I think he means? They also Gates walked lost the locker room, man. Like, he, why do you want to play for this dude? I, I think it's more than that. I think that Greg Williams stinks too. Really, you think that too? Yes. I, because, dude, Greg Williams on all those teams where even he picks up and becomes the interim coach, the defense always plays well. This defense stinks. Do not put Greg Williams in the head coaching spot if you get rid of Gase mid-year, which I don't think will happen, but it, it is possible. There is scenarios where it is possible. Like if he goes 0-4, and then we have the 10 days off with the big week after Denver. Uh, so it is possible there if we don't show up the next two weeks. I just – I personally don't see it happening. But if it does, in the doomsday scenario – Greg Williams better not be that coach because he obviously has proved with this specific squad, he does not have their pulse either. So if in that, in that scenario, you got to put uh, Boyer there, put the special teams coach there. Teams wanted him before we extended him. He's, he's been great. Our special teams has been really the only thing that has been good besides our kicker really for the last couple of years. That's been the only consistent spot. So like, that's, that's my whole thing. We had this whole fallacy fallacy of, Greg Williams is to a great defense as Gase is to a great offense. See, I disagree. See, uh, so I'll disagree with that. I think it's more so Adam Gase. And I really think it's like the head coach, look, the, the same thing happened. Like you saw that the locker room was lost when Greg Williams was on the Browns and they got rid of, um, oh my God, what's his name? Can't remember, uh, Kitchens? No, not Kitchens. Uh, before Kitchens. You know Hugh Jackson, right? Yeah, it is Hugh Jackson. Oh God, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they got rid of Hugh Jackson. Uh, then they brought in uh, Greg Williams. The team played really well. Um, I think I think Greg Williams is a good interim head coach for this time. I think it really is Adam Gase that they don't want to play for. Adam Gase, you know, 
he's the head coach. He's the guy that they have to listen to. At the end of the day, he he makes the decisions. It's not Williams. Even though Williams runs the defense and he's the guy running the show, I think I think that the, everyone sees it and everyone's tired of it, man. Like everyone's just tired of it. Everyone's tired of Gase and they just want they just want him gone. They just want him out. You don't go on a radio station and say that practices aren't intense. You you just don't do that. And I wouldn't say, dude, I was honestly just sitting there but, thinking to myself, imagine, like, like St- Stephon Gilmore said that. But, but think about this and, this, and this is where I want to take this back, right? Everyone got on, everyone got on Jamal Adams on, like, going to the Daily News, right? And, like, they were like, you don't do this to the coach, you don't do this to the owner, da-da-da-da-da. I think we need to give Jamal Adams an apology, because and, and here's and here's why, he saw what this he saw what this team was. He saw what Adam Gase was. Adam Gase just forces his good players to leave. He did it. Look, he traded Jarvis Landry. He traded Ryan Tannehill's best weapon to the Browns. Like when Ryan Tannehill came back, Kenyon Drake, good running back. He's now flourishing under Cliff Kingsbury. Like these things don't happen. He had that whole dispute with Jay Ajayi. He used Arian Foster, who's on his last leg. And I love Arian Foster. Great podcast, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he, he used Arian Foster over Jay Ajayi. Like, that makes no sense, dude. That just makes – he's he, – this man just hates his star players. He just hates the best players. He hates having to pay guys. He hates all these dudes. And he just – he wants everything to be his way or the highway. And it, it, it's clear as day that his way just doesn't work. So – he has to go. I think the players see it. I don't think it's Greg Williams. I think everyone sees that it's Gase, and he has to go. Adams called him out on it. Now you have Williamson and McDougal calling him out on it. That practices aren't intense. How many how many teams do you know go out to reporters and just talk about how things are like are right now? And you know what? Here's the here's the joke of the matter. Le'Veon Bell has been a saint. And just complimented, been a true professional, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yet, and yet, Gay still has a thing against him. It doesn't make sense, man. It really doesn't make sense. This dude is a cancer to the Jets. <laughs> like he just is, man. Like, look, Chris Johnson, if you're listening to this podcast, please get fire him, man. It's okay. We all make mistakes. Just get rid of him. You'll be a bigger man if you do it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So right now, the Jets are paying Todd Bowles. To coach the Cardinals, uh, the, I mean the Bucks, the Bucks defensive coordinator. He, they're also paying McCagnan to general manage uh, his coffees, and now you want them to finish paying Gase for the end of the year. I get it. However, when, like when, if if it's if it's not if it, if it's not if the Jets show up and look like a team. Next week, which at this point they have to, because it's NFL football any given Sunday, and this like there's nobody more motivated. I, I feel like how could you be more motivated right now than Jets players? They've been getting harassed and embarrassed by any single person with a microphone and a pen. Like anyone with a pen and a microphone has harassed them for the last, you know since for the last two weeks, but really since Sunday. Okay, so they have the biggest chip on their shoulder if they show up versus the. Injury riddled Colts, man. Absolutely ravaged with injuries. Didn't matter last week. Might this week. Malik Hooker's out. Campbell's out. Who's been 
killing with uh, with Philip Rivers, Matthew Adams, who's a huge contributor on their special teams and one of their top linebackers, who's not named Darius Leonard. He's he's out, you know, they're out. Jack Doyle's hurt. Uh, Rock is in their cornerback. He's still not uh, practicing, but it is only Wednesday, so we don't really know how it's going to shape up for those guys. If he looks like if he looks like a decent team there, and then looks like a decent squad, Ravage Broncos they don't fire him by week four. I don't see another place where you can fire him until a bye week, which is already like week nine, week ten, and by. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't see the team showing up against the Colts in all honesty. Like, to be brutally honest with you, like, we saw what the Colts did to the Vikings. Um, What'd they do? Look, <laughs> I, look I know I'm not saying it's like any like star, like, like, I saw what they did with like a depleted team against the Vikings. That's all I'm saying. And I think the Vikings are a better team than us. Like, honestly, like, we are a laughing stock. Oh, absolutely! Like, I, I, like, honestly, we are the biggest laughing stock that I've ever felt. We've, I've, I've went, I've had tickets to games with Kyle Bollinger. You know what I mean? That was my quarterback, and I've, I've, I've been more embarrassed these days in this last game and a half, these last, these three halves than I've ever been. Okay, so, so we're on the same page then. That's where I think the Colts are going to beat us because if they beat a competent team like the Vikings with injuries. We also have injuries. I just don't see it. They have their they like look, I I just can't see it, man. I really cannot see it. I hope I'm like I always hope that I'm wrong. I just can't see it. I can't see it with a guy who is just, you know, unless the only way I see it is if Darnold goes to Gase again and says, Hey, I like to run these plays like he did last year. That's the only way I see this team like turning it around. If we come out again. And we watch Gase stick to a script of bubble screens, halfback dives, and just field goals. Like, and just honestly, no creativity. There's no way we're winning this game. There's just no way. Like, it, it's, we're not going to be in the ballpark. What? Field goals are fine, just not, not, not down nine possessions. And that's like the thing, but the thing is, like, like, look, our court, like, <laughs> they got the Colts. Look, T.Y. Hilton's going to have a field day. He's yeah. going to have a field day on us. Like, Phil Rivers just got to chuck it deep. Out, Campbell being out is is really good for us. Pittman is is really good too. But here, here's the thing, man, and it really has nothing to do with the Jets. But <laughs> if you have problems, if your defense is having problems, the big cure his name is Philip Rivers, man. You know what I mean? Like Philip Rivers is here, and 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 we could stop the run. That's something we do well. I mean, not last week, but I feel like Avery Williamson is going to put his money where his damn mouth is this week. You know what I'm trying to say? McDougal's going to put his money where his mouth is. Like these guys are going to have to step up. You don't call out the coach on national syndicated ESPN radio or at WFAE or whatever the hell they were on. You know, national spot and call out the coach and then not show up and put your nose in someone's brain. You know what I'm saying uh, on Sunday? Sure, I agree. I think we're going to stop the run. Like I think we'll come back down against the run, but our passing, like you're going to tell me, Pierre Desir is going to keep up with uh, Ty Hilton? I don't think so. Like, come on, he that interception that he had was a nice, nice interception. It got it was a tip ball. He caught it. Dude is dude looks slow after he caught it, man. Dude looks slow trying to like 
weave in and out of traffic. I don't know if he was like unmotivated because he just hates the team. And he doesn't want to be on the team, but I don't see him keeping up with T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. is just going to be burning down the field. Pittman is going to be there. Jack Doyle is like a good tight end. Look, it's it's going to be rough. The, this, the offense is like still fine for the Colts, even though they lost uh, Marlon Mack. Their, their rookie running back looks pretty dope. Looks pretty solid. Jonathan Taylor's a beast. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, good. They got Naeem Hines, who's good in the pass as a like a third down back. It's, I know he didn't do fantasy <laughs> players any justice last week, and I can tell you because I had him and he got you like one point. But <laughs> look, he the the, the Colts offensively are gonna be fine. Like they won, they beat the they beat the Vikings. If if you're gonna tell me if they lost to the Vikings, I'd be like, okay, sure, we got a shot. No, I don't. I- Hyperdrive, man. Hashtag hyperdrive. Hashtag hyperdrive and put that in a freaking trash can, man. I don't want to see that. That this is all this is all dumpster fire. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Um week three, if Crowder comes back, if Cager comes up, now we have Hogan, Berrios, Crowder. And Cager, just a bunch of slots running like five yard outs. And, you know, Cager, Herndon, maybe he's going to step up. Maybe the run game will look better after one week together, you know, with Gore. There is, it is another changing part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Becton is one of the top linemen in the league, whether, you know, whether it doesn't matter who likes it or not. You know, maybe, um, maybe we cover. All right. Yeah, maybe we cover. Here's. Great teams cover, man. Never forget that, Alex. <laughs> look, look. Here, here's what I gotta say. If we're gonna talk about like our matchups, right? Defensively, we're not gonna keep up with the Colts. Like, Vikings have a better defense. Look, they lost Anthony Barr. They lost. They lost. They lost some of their top players. But defense is the Vikings, huh? We have the same defense as the Vikings. They stink. Yeah. Like, look. Philip Rivers is still able to throw for 214 yards. When yeah. You know, rushing yards, Jonathan Taylor got 101 rushing yards. If if Mozart was able to do that last week, I see Taylor being able to do it against our defense again this week. I don't – like if we – if you're right that they have to put their money where their mouth is and show up, but are they going to show up? Like you, they played they played fine, like against the Bills, even though they put up like 20-some points. But – I expecting the Ravens to come out here in Jets jerseys. I'm just I just I'm just expecting them to make a tackle, all right? Make 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 some tackles on first and second down, uh, cause some third and sixes to third and 12s. You know what I mean? And have tried Philip Rivers try to beat you with no tight end because Jack Doyle's hurt and Burton's out still and Campbell's out in the wide receiver. He has Pittman and TY. And forget Don't forget he's got the the lumberjack man himself, Mo Alley Cox who went off last week. Got five receptions for 111 yards. That's yeah. a big tight end. To be, honest, I, to be honest with you, I like our secondary. But you see, but secondary was good last week. I like they did. They did. They didn't make the the safeties. Didn't make the closing tackles on the running backs. Fair. But I mean, our, our secondary was fine. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it was fine. But look, we gave Jordan Reed two touchdowns, and that's a tight end. And we got to have to give Bo, Bo Alley Cox just had 111 yards. And I would say Vikings linebacker coverage over tight ends is much better than ours. And so I don't see that. Eh. I don't know. They paid a lot of money for Anthony Barr, who's uh, who like pulled uh, DeAndre Jordan on the Jets, if you remember. And uh, we kind of lucked out on that. Yeah, look, 
I think I, I still think that our tight our tight end coverage is not good. Like Marcus May, he had an off game, but he gave up some plays to like a, a Jordan. Like yes, Jordan Reed's very good, and but Jordan Reed is nowhere near the size of Mo Ali Cox. It's a big man, huh? Shout out to Jordan Reed. Yeah, thank you for thank you for your service, Jordan Reed. Yo, that guy is the man. He's like. He, I mean, we don't have to go into his, you know, his concussion injuries and, you know, how bad he's got it. But, damn, what a warrior, man. That guy loves his job. He, he does. He, he, he's, he's fighting back, always coming back to play. But he is so injury prone. But, hey, he keeps coming back for more. Can't Got to appreciate it. But that, that's, that's my biggest concern is that we couldn't, we couldn't cover the tight end. And we got another tight end that's going to come up who's – Big and gonna be tough to to cover. So, all right, I have two questions for you then. All right, question: Are we covering this game? Eleven. It's plus eleven right now. That means the Jets could lose by two possessions, a field goal, and a touchdown, and still cover this game. Yeah, I think we can cover. Yeah, I think I honestly, think, I I really, really, really think that we're gonna cover this game. And to I. Be honest, this is one of the games that I'm hoping is going to take me over the top in my survivor league. Like this is, I feel like this is the, this could be the one I'm I'm not going to say, go take your hard earned money that you worked for and put it on the New York jets to win the game. Don't, don't do that. Don't do not do that. That's for crazy people like me. That's not, that's not for the faint of heart. I, I, I would say that I would say they cover because the, the reason why is that the offense started to click. I think the defense will slightly click. I think we're going to have two decently clicking sides of the ball, but it's not going to be enough to keep it to help us win. We're going to look, we're going to look decent. And Okay. I'm going to warn you about something then before my second question, but if we start covering games, Gase is not getting fired. Uh, No. Oh, I know that. And that's my second question. When's he getting fired? I'd probably go with the bye week. So we, so, so, so that's, so you're gonna oh. you're gonna run him out there, take all that, take down the Dolphins, get rid of him, and then he just what is what is the interim coach gonna do for four weeks? Oh, can you repeat that again? You you cut out. Which part? The whole thing. You, after I said uh, after I said uh, by week. Right, so okay, so you you think that he can get fired during the bye week, which I I guess would be plausible, but that would mean off the top of my head we would be playing Chiefs and then the Patriots and then the Dolphins and then the bye week and then the Dolphins again and then I think there's like about four games left after that. Yeah, look, I think I think if if, if we're if we're really doing something, if we really are like trying to like. Put a culture to this team because even if we have money next year and we're projected to have all the salary cap space more than the other teams in a year where the salary cap might not increase for the first time in a long time for the NFL and we could have this leverage, why the hell would anyone like? I feel like I'm talking about the Knicks. Why the hell would anyone sign to this team? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, why? Why would they do that if, if this is what you're staring at? If if there's a dumpster fire and like. You know, a, a six-year-old who doesn't know anything could stare at the television and be like, oh, like, something is wrong here. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's not doing something right. 
You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if we can't do something about it because, like, you have the money on the table or you have no one to replace him, like, how, how, how do you blame C.J. Mosley for opting out? You know what I mean? The guy's a genius. So is Josh Doxon at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Look, I see, uh, I see it as the bye week because – I look at the Johnsons as somebody who will not do anything super early. They're very conservative in their approach to how they handle coaches. They liked Rex Ryan. They waited until the end of the season. They were okay with Todd Bowles because Todd Bowles wasn't like he was middle. Like he, he was terrible, but he was like middling, like with personality where you can like, all right, Gase. I don't think, I think you have to eject it at some point. And I think you have, like, if you have four games left, just get him out. Just show the guys that like, look, we're going to keep you here. We got rid of the guy. Like the season was lost anyway. Just, just, just get this guy out. Like, and I think you, I think the point is for the bye week is that it's hard to get a coach ready, like a new coach, like an interim coach ready with like a whole scheme or whatever. But uh, granted, it might, it can't be that hard. There's no scheme to begin with. So I just, I like, they, they'd have to be so bad. Like if they're competent, which I think, they're going to be – if they're covering spreads, as like, I already think, because we've already seen the no offense and now we've seen the no defense. If we keep going back on and off with this, he's going to get fired yeah. week four. But if the, if it's going to be both coming together and just be like, like below average, just bad, he's going to stick around for a very long time. And honestly, like I hope I'm wrong with that because this dude really should be fired. After a performance like that, yeah, there's there's no way this man should still be around, and I can't I, I I can't like I would never like I don't I would never ask for like I wouldn't ask for Todd Bowles to be like look Todd Bowles should probably be let go at the end of the year. I felt the same way with Rex after like a certain amount of time. This guy is just this guy is just like a whole other level, man. Like we've seen it enough. Honestly, I feel the same way about Adam Gase starting week two. Honestly, like 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 full full on, like starting week two, than I did towards the end of Todd Bowles, and like once once you finally turn the corner, then all the other stuff that you were like uh, kind of like okaying and like overshadowing, like gets like expanded. You're like, oh my god, I can't believe he's doing that. And I let it go. I can't believe he's doing that and letting it go. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of where I am with Gates. Where like it's over, dude. Like you can't you can't come out and blame. Richard Perryman for losing the game. Like, that is insane, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, even Alex, think about this, dude. If you started Richard Perryman this week on your fantasy team, because you just had to, right? Like, there was nobody else, and he was like, you're in a deep league, and you just, you had to start Richard Perryman, and you lost. Would you say, yo, it was all Richard Perryman's fault? Like, oh, the, you know, it'd be like, yo, that sucked. Like, I had a bunch of injuries, I had to put Richard Perryman in. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't even make that excuse on my fantasy team, dude. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, that, he came out to the reporters and said that on purpose. So, that's what is driving me crazy about him. But I, I'm sort of on your boat where I think he I, – I, I know I'm crazy, okay? Let's, let, when it comes to the Jets, I'm, I know I'm crazy. Like, let's, let's put that up to the side. <laughs> I, I, do, I do see – uh, 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 a scenario where we beat the stupid Colts and then we we beat the depleted Broncos and somehow some way we are two and two in the first quarter and of course we're gonna t- lose the next like seven games 
right? But like, then it's over. Like, if, if we go two and two, that's it. Like, Gase is there for the year. Oh, absolutely. I'm saying like, and that's all it takes. Like, beating the Colts and beating the Broncos on a short week with like with their no quarterback slash new quarterback slash like now injuries all over their team. Those are like two easy tasks. You know what I mean? And now your whole team's uplifted and like all trying to prove each other wrong. I'm like, you know, like this is the perfect storm for us to go two and two and then just like, you know, get over that hump. Because for me, the, the bye week's too late. For me, Adam Gase, if you're if Adam Gase is getting fired, it's either after the on the flight home from the Broncos game or Black Monday. Like that that to me that those are the two options. So that's really it for the Jets. Like I, I hate them. Right, I, I, I really, really, really hate them, Alex, and 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 I think you have been have had a front row seat to just my absolute ups and down and of misery this last. It feels like a month already, but it's only two weeks. Uh, it, dude, if this is gonna be a very long season if we have to watch Adam Gase control this. Like, I like, I get it. Like, I, I get it. I get people who are just like you're trying to parse through it and you're trying to see what everyone's doing, like where everyone can improve. Let me just clear it up for one quick second. All right. Let me just clear it up, clear it up for one quick second. We can talk about Darnold's footwork. We can talk about missed tackles. We can talk about players dropping the ball. We can talk about all of these things and plays not being executed. But this all starts with coaching. It all starts with coaching. If you have a good coach, he can help uplift this team. I hate having to go to it. Look at the Patriots, bro. Like, literally, look at the Patriots. It is disgusting how they get wide receivers off the streets to just, like, to just... Eight COVID opt-outs, dude. Eight. They have eight COVID opt-outs, but they even get wide receivers off the streets. They're bad at drafting wide receivers, but they bring in dudes. They had Chris Hogan help win a Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Make a nice catch. Can we give him the catch? You made that catch. had a crazy play. Yeah, and Julian Edelman makes a nice catch, but Julian Edelman, like, he's being debated as, like, a Hall of Famer, but, like, his regular season stats for a guy who's always injured comes up clutch. That's what, like, look, they had little Garrett Blount just, like, throttle as, like, this crazy running back. Like, and anywhere else he went, it's just, like, regular dude. Chris Hogan comes to the Jets, regular dude. It's, it, how can you, that's, that's coaching 101 able to lift it. Mike Tomlin does the same thing with the Steelers. Duck Rogers, Mason Rudolph uplifted that team to eight and eight. You just see it. He loses freaking James Connor and brings in Benny Snell to come be like a decent. How is, how is this even real? How is How is this guy able to come in and just do a good job? It just makes no sense. You're telling me when, when, when Patrick Mahomes went out, Andy Reid's able to use Matt freaking Moore. To play good football, Matt Moore is a great backup. But you're t- like they may they make it look seamless. I just it all starts with coaching. It all starts with coaching. This man is a fraud. He is not good, not good for this team. He is terrible. He should not. He needs to be fired. Like honestly, like they need to fire this man. Hire Bellamy next season. Call it a day. It's that's that's just where it is at this point. Right, so record through four, record through the first quarter of the season will be. Oh, we're going. I, I feel like I feel like it's coming to an zero and four, my man. Or and gone. That's your prediction. 
I hope so. Like, I really hope that he's gone. I will take the 0-4 if it gets Gase out of here. That's my wish, but I really see 2-2 two and two, and then just mediocre city from then on get the sixth pick because we love that pick and move on. But just for the, just for the week three, let's stick one week at a time because that's the football mantra, right? And we're football guys here, of course. So one week at a time, Colts 30, Jets 20, but really 2010, like something stupid like that, like 20 Colts, Jets 10, because how the hell we just score three touchdowns? That's crazy. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm not going to be surprised if the Jets win. I'm not going to be surprised if Philip Rivers looks like vintage Philip Rivers, where he's just doing insane things with the football, not protecting it. We're going to be closing down the run, and they're just not going to be used to the new personnel. So I, I, I really do. I really do think that there is a chance. Um, Mike uh, Adams being out for them is a big deal. Um, Malik Hooker being out for them is a big deal. Lawrence Cager comes back. Crowder comes back. We might. We might have. We might. We might have a. We might have something here, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Do you have anything? Uh, any last remarks on uh, the my worst character quality, which is being a Jets fan? Very close second to being a Knicks fan. <sighs> I have nothing else to say about the Jets, man. I really don't like. Let's bring us joy, man. Bring us to the joy of our Sundays, man. Our- what do we have for et cetera, and what do we have for our recaps, dude? All right, so for et cetera today, we're going to recap some of the – we're going to talk about three games that happened week two that I think are very hot topics that we need to talk about, and then we're going to choose our games that we want to talk about for week three. We may go through the entire slate. We might not. We're just going to choose – we're going to go based off of, like, how much time we have and the games that are more meaningful to us that we want to talk about. So let's start off with uh, three games I want to recap. First one, wild game that we saw. Cowboys and Falcons. What just happened? Like Cowboys looked like they were down and out and then they came back and it's, I think it just might be the Falcons band. Like the Falcons just cannot maintain a lead. And this is another place where I just like, this is another instance. I'm sorry. I have to bring it back. Another place for coaching, coaching, man, coaching makes a big difference. Mr. Quinn is on the hot seat. Mr. Quinn is on the hot seat and Mike McCarthy looks like a genius for helping the Cowboys just do never say those words ever again, even in jest. Yeah. Because like Mike McCarthy, I am so happy that we did not hire Mike McCarthy because it would have been impossible to get rid of. It's going to be impossible to get rid of Mike McCarthy. Okay. Getting rid of Adam Gates is pretty easy. Dude, you suck. You suck on the dolphins. You stink here. Let's move on. (laughs) Mike McCarthy. He has a ring. He has, he, has, he has the stats. It's hard, man. Getting rid of McCarthy is going to be hard. I'm happy that we did not hire Mike McCarthy as well. He's pretty bland and vanilla as well. As you already said, he has a Super Bowl ring. And, but you know what? It's, he's better off in Dallas. He's like that true like iconic dude who can go to Dallas and be the head coach there. I feel like he, him and like he goes from like one like premier franchise to another premier fan- franchise. So it just works out. He, he – he He's for that. Yeah, no, he, he he was waiting for that. He didn't want the Jets anyway. He would even hey, if the Jets came knocking like, hey, you want to come coach us? He we well, did we bring him in? He we brought him in for an interview. Two interviews and everyone freaked out. Uh, that's why I brought it up because everyone freaked out at the Jets because that's what we do. Uh, every time the Jets make any move, it's bad and it's a problem. And everyone freaked out that we didn't hire Mike McCarthy. I'm kind of happy we didn't hire Mike McCarthy, and everyone was really um, happy. For the most part, I would say the majority at least. Yeah. That we did not sign Cliff Kingsbury. 
kind of happy. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really sure about that. No, yeah, you know, uh, he's, he's, you know, to, to be determined. At Cliff Kingsbury's at TBD, the, the Cardinals look pretty good so far. Uh, but going back to the Cowboys Falcons, what is going on, man? What is going on with the Falcons? Like they got beat by the Seahawks, and then they lose. 40 to 39 to the Cowboys. Like, and just like all these points came in the second half for the Cowboys. Like, Dan Quinn, like, he has to get fired, right? Like, there's no way. I, he, I think he's a dude that gets fired at the end of the season, but there's no way that he can stay after. This is, that's just, that is, that's a slap in the face type of loss. I don't, I don't know how, I, I just, I just can't see how he stays. I mean, uh, Quinn is like in the, twilight zone of like my biggest pet peeve in sports and sometimes i see like sometimes as like the biggest wall when you go up so much you know in the beginning of a game or you're up against a team that you think is better than you and time is running out and you try to hold the ball right whether that's in soccer or in basketball or in football, when you just start running conservative plays, right? And now all of a sudden it's like third and 26. You're like, what the hell just happened? You know what I'm trying to say? Now you're like punting and your bad field position. Like when when you play to not lose, it's a problem. And the Falcons, sometimes they can catch fire. And like that's that's the positives of the Falcons. And that's why like there's it's so crazy because sometimes they can catch fire and then they just don't close. But it's not because like they don't have a closer. You know what I mean? It's because they just get so tight. It's just like, you know, in like a basketball game when they're coming down the court and you're just like in a tight set in the end of, end of the game. You just don't know what to do. You're just like dribbling around, like dudes doing random stuff, throwing it up to Julio. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's just what the Falcons feel like to me. What drives me nuts about that game, of course, it's been hammered in by everybody. It drives me so crazy that like when you don't know the rules to football and you play football. It's like me not knowing the rules to court when I'm going to court. You know what I mean? I know there's a lot of nuances and like that, you know, I, I obviously I'm not going to you know realize, but like there's just some things you got to know, man. And one of those things is, I mean, they had to know something about 10 yards and an onside kick, right? Like they knew something like they're acting like they, they were acting as, in a way where they knew something was up after the 10, after the ball travels to 10 yards, did they just not know what was up? Uh, and because, like, if the Falcons player literally ran over there, Alex, and kicked that ball as hard as they can, like, just straight up kicked it, closed their eyes and kicked that ball as hard as they can, Falcons would have won the game. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and so, like, that only means one thing. They just did, they didn't know the score. You know, like, that comparison. Like, they just didn't know the rules. You know what I'm saying? They, they, J.R. Smith didn't know, the, they didn't know the score. I was about to bring up the J.R. Smith uh, comment. Dude, they just had no idea. Like, they just didn't know what to do. They're just like, uh, they're waiting 10 yards. I guess we'll wait 10 yards with them. <laughs> and then, like, they dove on the ball. Like, all right, I guess we'll dive on the ball now. Like, you know what I'm saying? They had no idea what to do. Yeah. I mean, for the it's hot. Nah, I, I agree with pretty much everything that you're saying. I, I think, you know, you, you said it perfectly. The Falcons play to not lose, but they got to do what the Eagles did when the Eagles beat the Patriots. And that's something that, you know, they keep giving Doug Peterson all this this praise for is that when you're, you can't let up on teams, you have to keep going for the throat. You have to have that killer instinct. You have to just pile it on 
doesn't even matter at this point. Like offenses today are allowed to just get away with so much, especially in the passing game. We see it. That's why people are like, like cringing at like when Adam Gase doesn't throw a deep ball because it's easy to get a PI. It's just so easy. You have Matt Ryan. Yeah, man. No, that 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 seems PI. Like I, I just I screamed Adam Gase when I saw that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm literally like I, I being a Jets fan is my worst quad that. I can't even enjoy football sometimes. Like I, I saw that play, I saw the pass interference, and I literally just screamed, That's why we throw it up, Gase. That's why we just throw it up, dude. Just throw it. And that's what that's what the Falcons need to do. Like they they go to this conservative play calling and they just gotta keep going. They just gotta keep attacking. But I don't know, man. I think Quinn is going to be out the door, although some may say that uh, he's, you know, going to be there. Let's talk about the next one. Chiefs Chargers. Um, wow. That, hold on. Hold on. Are the, are the Cowboys frauds? It's the NFC East, man. I'm, I just can't go. I can't, I can't tell you what that is. It's the NFC East is so weird. I, they, they could be, but they can't be. It, the, the NFC East is just a, a hodgepodge mess every single season. I don't know who is good or not. Who's good. All right, let me, get, let me give you a hot take on the Cowboys. The offensive line right now is, is not good. Yeah, I agree with that. But That's the tweet because I, I know they've had good ones, and even this year on paper it was going to be good, but they're depleted right now, and they're not playing well. I, I can I can get with that, but let's get let's get back to the Chiefs and Chargers. Um, so, rookie quarterback for the Chargers comes in for Tyrod Taylor. By the way, team doctor for Tyrod Taylor punctures his lung. Um, so interesting. So okay. So really, it, it, let's just touch on that real quick because that's a super interesting, like crazy story that's going on. So, um, bef- I guess pretty often players get these like cortisone uh steroid injections that like um it's pretty common for like people who have like degenerative disc disease and you know stuff of that nature joint disease to like uh, provide a cushion so he was going to get that in his rib cage apparently they are warned well of course they are you know the procedure uh and apparently this is a known side effect or a known not side effect a known um Something that can go wrong in this scenario is this, where you could, I guess, miss. But come on, man, how do do you? It's a, it's a twelve million. You know, it's a business asset with worth millions of dollars, dude. You know what I'm trying to say? Like that, like that's how you treat it. You know what I'm? You know, I I know he's a like, of course, he's a person. You should care about him and his healing and his lungs. Like that's number one. You know what I'm saying? It's Tyrod Taylor, and we like it's insane that you guys did that to Tyrod Taylor. Okay, like it's literally crazy. But number two, dude, how do you guys do that? Like to your million dollar investment? Uh, that's that's where this guy is probably going to lose his job, and not with the team anymore. Like you can't have you can't have that type, those type of mistakes. Like, yeah, there's having like a bad day in the office, but that's not really a bad day in the office. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that that's that's an atrocity. Um, but anyway, Justin Herbert, man, what good? What good? Dude, killing it from the Pac-12. Looked good. Kept the game interesting between the Chiefs. I think the Chargers got something over there. I don't. I can't see like Tyrod's going to be out because he's got a punctured lung. But even when he does come back, you can't go back to him. I know there's like that controversy of just saying, "Hey, uh, we're going to go back to Tyrod because he gives us the best uh, best chance to win." But Anthony Lynn, what are you doing? You just saw your rookie just go out there and go toe to toe with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like that just happened. You can't. You can't do that. You can't do that. I. It, 
I hope this is not like a Hugh Jackson thing where they see Baker Mayfield like tear it up and it's like, well, Tyrod gives us the best chance. How does Tyrod get in these situations where he gives us the best chance to win? I like I'll tell you because because Tyrod Taylor listens to the coach. And yeah. I think I think Justin Herbert didn't listen to the coach and that drove Lynn absolutely nuts. Like they need a Sam Darnold kid who even if he's sitting there on fourth and one and he sees a play that he could audible to, he's just not allowed and he won't. You know what I mean? They want that guy. Justin Herbert's going to be like, yo, I'm just going to throw it up to Hunter. Who cares? Like, it's my first game. I don't know anything. I didn't even practice. This just happened like 10 minutes ago. You know what I mean? That this guy's lung got hurt. I'm just going to throw it up to Hunter Henry. See what happens. For sure. That was an interesting game. I'm really actually, if to watch Herbert play, I'm really intrigued to watch the Chargers play now. Um, now let's get to the last game that I want to touch on. Seahawks, Patriots. Really good game. That was a classic Patriots, Seahawks, always classic. I hate having to say Patriots are a classic game. But, man, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. What? Hold on. Wait a minute. First year with Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick has him looking good? Wait. Oh, what's that coaching? That's right. Okay. Just just, just, just checking in on that. Just hey, who they? they have nobody. Everybody's gone. Nobody. Insane. But regardless, good game. Russell Wilson shows that he's still a magician. Yo. I don't know what that play calling was at the end to go for it deep. They should have kept running it with uh, Chris Carson. That was just wild, but dude, bizarro world, huh? The complete bizarre. Oh, he's talking about he's talking about the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, complete bizarro world that like the, that game ended with uh, the Patriots on the two yard line, and then they had to choose whether to run or pass. David, think about that. That's so true. And they chose run where they probably maybe should have chosen pass because I don't know. You know that Cam Newton's just going to try. Um, and that right there, Alex. That right there is like for me. I was like one of the like one of the main reasons I wanted this podcast and to like really like talk about this stuff because like we're too many people play Monday quarterback. Like, you see what happens, and then you're like, oh, yeah, you, you, Russell Wilson, how do you throw there? You should have passed it because it's intercept. You know, how do you pass it? You should have ran it. It's right there. You have Marshawn Lynch. And now, you know what I'm saying? You got Cam Newton. You're on the two, you're on the two yard line trying to win the game. He runs it, gets stopped. How do you run it? You should have passed it. <laughs> you got Cam Newton. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it's just like, you just got, you got to trust that, you know, you put it in the right scenario and you execute. And it is what it is. And I guess I guess that's where the Gase apologists come from. So I, I see where Gase is coming from. You know what I mean? Like, I see where he's coming from. But at the same time, Belichick and Carroll, right, they spot the strengths, spot the weaknesses, and exploit those necessarily. They don't just – Gase is not just like, yo, I have like eight plays where like I need someone to go post in four seconds and, you know, and run this route and like have the safety – you know, hint over so that this guy can be open. And if that, if you can't do that, then this whole play is garbage. So I guess we'll just have to run HB dive seven times. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, like, this is not, this is not how it is. You know what I mean, like, can't just keep pressing X on the controller, dude. Just because like, just because like your guys are hurt. Oh my God. That's great. HB dive. He, he literally uses ask Madden for every single down. I feel like he's just running. Like what's that? The spacing. He literally, you know, the Jets run spacing 68 times a game. Oh, my God. Oh, man, that's great. Well, you know, speak, okay, like, just so, so it's, this is really interesting for me. So, from those three games, yeah, I kind of want to rewind. So, we have the Seahawks playing the Cowboys. 
And we have the Seahawks minus five. Yeah. What do you think about that game? Uh, are they saying that the Seahawks are? That means the Seahawks have to win by six or more points in order for them to cover. Gotcha. I'm not a I'm not a gambling expert. Everyone, yeah. so that's that's why I'm asking questions. Um, I think the Seahawks will go, go cover five easily. I think this is going to be an absolute rout. I, I I I don't. This this game seems really easy to me. Um, I, I think the Seahawks are going to absolutely murder the Cowboys. I thank you for saying that. And usually they play pretty close. No, not this one. They're, I don't think it's going to be close either. I think it's going to be bad. <laughs> not at all. You saw – look, we saw the Patriots and the Seahawks go, both score 30 points, 30-plus points. The Seahawks are easily going to get 30 points. I don't see the Cowboys easily putting up 30 points. That's – no, just not happening. Nope, we could write that off. Yeah, so the second question I have from that is Chiefs Chargers. Who did you learn more from? Do you think you, le- do you, think you learned that the Chargers are good? Or did you think you then that the Chiefs can be exposed? I learned more that the Chargers are good than the Chiefs okay. can be exposed just because I would lead it to of an element of not knowing a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And, or you, you, you don't know what his tendencies are. You don't really have that much film on him. You're not ready for him. Tyra goes out in the middle of the game. I, I think I, it shows more Herbert being good. The game, dude. How crazy. Ten minutes before. Yeah. So – insane but i think that that's more like what i learned about the Chargers that they got a good quarterback rather than the chiefs are like defensively they're not sure like what you're scheming for but if that's where you're gonna pick if that's where you're gonna bring up let's hear it yeah yo that Chiefs d man it's, it's looking sus a little suspect and and that that offensive line dude it's still it's i know hilaire had a crazy game game one but dude they're not their offensive line not looking great like mahomes is like the greatest deodorant on the earth. You know what I mean? Like he's like running left, you know, throwing off his back foot, closing his eyes, and it's somehow ending up in the receiver's arms. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it's, it's, it's his skill is, is superior. No, his skill is to extend the play for a long period of time and to like create something out of nothing, which is why it's hard to say like the Chiefs are going to be like, Tough. I could see this. I see this team more so growing as the season goes. I think they're just going through a rough patch because no preseason. But I'm not saying. I think more so offensively, defensively. We'll see what happens. Not a great time, man. Not a great time because they're in the game of the week with the Ravens this week, dude. It's not a good time to be asleep. Yeah, no. This is going to be a shootout. This is going to be. Oh, so the Ravens are the Ravens are minus three and a half, which is super interesting, right? So. You're not a super gambling guy, so I'll talk to you. Like, obviously, three points is a huge number uh, in football. So three, you got three in the hook, right? So that means if if the Ravens win by three points, Chiefs cover. Yeah. So this is the classic. Like, how do you not take the Chiefs here, right? The Chiefs, the champions, Mahomes. You lose by a field goal, you still got the hook. I honestly think the Ravens might win by three touchdowns. Wow, you really. You really think that? I honestly think that the Ravens are a different class team. And even like I am actually going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going. So I'll be, I'll be frank. I took a, <laughs> and I'll blame me a hundred percent. I, the one future I have this season is Colts versus 49ers in the Super Bowl, And both teams by week two have 10,000 injuries <laughs> out for the year. So that's completely my fault. Yeah. So here's my thing on the, ch- 
I'm taking the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. And if I could find an AFC decent prop, I will. But I'm, I think before this week, I'm going to take the Ravens because I think once they beat the Chiefs, the odds are going to uh, change a little bit. It's going to be a favorite. So here's my thing about the Chiefs and the Ravens is that last year we saw the Chiefs and the Ravens play. They went toe-to-toe, 33-28, Chiefs coming out on top. I agree with you that the Ravens are going to win. I think the Ravens are going to win this game. And I think it's – I think – so you're telling me that the Ravens just got to win by three? And then, no, no, they got to win by four. Oh, they got to win by four. Okay. The thing, that's why it's tricky because they're enticing you to take the Chiefs. It's like, oh, okay, fine. Even if the Ravens win, they'll win by three. So honestly, like a really – we call it Joe pick, like the quote-unquote Joe pick this week, in my opinion, before, like, you know, it's only Wednesday. But just, like, looking at it, it the Chiefs look like the most amateur bet of the week. I would, I would say this. So we see that it was by five last year, right? I would probably go the same. as going to be a difference of five again this year going to the Ravens' way. But what do you think? I think from last – I mean, like, just speaking on your logic, right, you think the Ravens – from that game have regressed or progressed as a squad? No, I think they've progressed as a squad. I think the Ravens are going to win. No, I'm saying, what about the, okay, no, look, what about the Chiefs? Do you think the Chiefs from that game have regressed as a squad or progressed as a squad? I think they're in neutral. I don't think they necessarily regressed, and I don't necessarily think. I'm leaning a little bit towards the R there. I'm leaning a little bit towards the regressed on the Chiefs. So that's why I think it's going to be a little, I, the three touchdowns are obviously exaggeration. But I do think it's going to be the over. I'm definitely, I definitely think it's going to be a shootout, like you said. Yeah. But I think the Ravens are going to kill. I think they get. I think, I think Harbaugh is going to be the coach of the year. Oh yeah. I think he's an incredible coach. I think he game plans amazingly. He knows his strengths of his squad. He exploits the other team very well, and his special teams is buttoned up. Yes. Yeah. He like I I, I he. Hit the Ravens and the Chiefs. It's like they. It's like they. Um, it's like they started a game with the same. It's like they started two K with like the same guy, but they just but they they had like completely different philosophy. You know what I mean? Like the squads are built exactly the same, but they're just they're different. Like like the the Chiefs are like finesse to me, like finesse and like and the Ravens are disciplined, like disciplined, hard nosed. But they're built. They have the same guys. On, on you know what I'm saying? That's how it feels. I would definitely. I, I would say this. This is the comparison I would use for the Chiefs and the. Ravens. The Chiefs are more of a James Harden where they like to play like finesse. They, huh? So I hate watching them. Yeah, it's not that you hate. <laughs> no. Uh, Warriors. Give them the Warriors. Uh, I was, because I'm using players. I'm just, I'm using players. That's why. Like Harden style, like Harden style is more like a finesse game. It's not necessarily built on power. You have guys who are speed who can just, who can do all these things, but the Ravens that's built on power. And that's where they're like a Russell Westbrook. I'm talking not current. I'm not talking current, like 2020, 2019, 2020 season. These guys, I'm talking about like three, four years ago, like when these guys were in their peaks, like true, true peaks. And well, Harden's still on his peak, but I guess Russ. Yo, Ra- yo Ravens are the, are the, are the Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Pistons. Oh my God. That's what the Ravens are. They're just a bunch of dudes and they know what they're doing and they fell short. Dogs of the week. There's always underdogs, Alex, that come every week 
and they ravage everybody's cards, okay? There are four underdogs this week that I absolutely love. Two that I, like, want to hold my nose, like, I call them hold my nose picks. Yeah. Right? It's like I, I think they're great picks, but, like, I'm going to hold my nose and take them. Mm-hmm. And for me, those two games are the Washington football team plus seven at the Browns and the Rams plus two and a half at the Bills. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So I see the – I see the – you think you got so? What do you got? The Browns upsetting the the Washington football team? No, so I got I got I got I got Washington losing by less than a touchdown, and I have the and I have the Rams losing by less than three points. I really do think the both teams are going to win, but that's not the point. Let's just take the spreads. Okay, so I I I can get with I can get with the Washington football team and the Browns being less than a touchdown. I can yeah, get be close. Yeah, it's going to be close. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be close, though. The Washington football team has a solid D-line, man. They're super underrated, and I really like Haskins, dude. I really like what he's doing on offense. He's, he, he is the most underrated top pick quarterback I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah, I mean, Haskins is performing well, but it's not like – it's not picture-perfect well. It is just kind of like these crazy, wild, like – out of like nowhere type of plays to some extent with like sprinkled in with some like good plays like and I'm really glad that we I'm sure we have very minimal NFC East devoters you know listening to this pot and I'm thankful because what I'm about to say might hurt some people on the inside I'll take Dwayne Haskins over Carson Wentz right now whoa problem and I, I'll say I wouldn't even like that's not even a question I mean at this point I, nine times out of ten, I give Carson Wentz the one time. I mean, I'd honestly, I'd have to agree with you. So, like, yeah, I mean, and the Browns are a dumpster fire. So, Washington, Washington is nice for me. I guess if we're going to touch. I'm sorry for my two friends who are Eagle fans. <laughs> like nobody hates the Eagles more than the Eagles right now. To be honest, I'm one of those guys who gets the Eagles wrong every week. So that's like that's me for the last ever, ever since Doug Peterson. I cannot I cannot read the Eagles. The NFC East is generally hard for me to read. I have no idea what's going to happen, uh, dude. The N- fans in my life that I know, every time I look at them, they're either Eagles are the best team in the whole world. Doug Peterson's a genius, or Doug Peterson's the biggest moron on the planet. And there's never an in between. Oh, it's 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 hyperbolic. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about the like we keep going back 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 on this, but the NFC East is just trash okay and not trash in the sense that it's like all the teams suck it's just trash because you have no idea who's ever coming out on top it's just a it's a mix yeah so but for the rams now you're saying what do you what are you looking for the rams now what's what's that look all right dude the bills are the bills are, are nice but who what have the bills really done man the bills they killed the jets in the first half and then they kind of looked meh in the second half of the, of the first game. game, Week two, they played the Dolphins. Kind of looked meh the whole game. Like, Josh Allen's looking good. I'll give him that. But turnovers, looking blah all around. Like, I don't really – I don't – I am I like this Bills team in the winter. I really think that they're going to keep – they're going to progressively get better as it gets colder. And I think that they're going to start – their defense is going to get way better. And they're going to uh, – 
and Josh Allen's going to get more turnovers, believe it or not, when, as it gets colder. So, I, you know, I, I do I, – I, but they're going to be fine. I think they're overrated right now. I think, I think the Rams – I don't know – personally, I don't know what to think about the Rams. That's why it's a hold-your-nose game for me. I don't really know what to think about the Rams. I have a feeling that they're underrated somehow. I would go that. I would go that way. I would go with the Rams being underrated, and I think I think McVeigh McVeigh is on his like uh, revenge tour of just saying, "Hey, I know we were bad last year. I'm about to show you what we really can do." And then for the Bills, you said it. They haven't really beat. They beat us, which is just kind of like okay, anyone can beat us at this point. We're the laughing stock of the league, and you beat the Dolphins, who like are quasi competitive, but like not really. So it's just like 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 the Patriots. Patriots beat the Dolphins. Look, Bills beat the Dolphins, but it's just kind of like they're they're owing two like us, man. They're not really that good. They're just a little bit more, you know. They got a bigger chip on the shoulder, and they're trying to prove something. But it's Fitzpatrick, meh, uh, meh. Look, I, I, it's they haven't done a lot. I think the Bills are going to be good this year. Don't get me wrong. I think the Bills are going to be in the playoffs again. Don't get me wrong. Three and zero was kind of tough. That's a lot. But, you know, who knows? Last year they killed it the first half of the season. Every week we were saying the same thing. They're going to lose this one. They're going to lose this one. They're going to lose this one. Look, they got a good squad. They got a good squad. Allen, like, uh, Allen's making strides as a quarterback. Um, They got a good coach. McDermott knows what he's doing. Yeah, you can't take it away from him, but I'm not sold yet. There's there's teams that they have to beat other than two teams that are 0-2. Like, you know what I mean? But. So just to wrap – so, like, we're – we're coming to the end here, and we're wrapping up. But my two favorite dog, my two favorite picks of the week, happen to also be dogs, underdogs, and I think that they're absolute locks. Uh, the money line, which is to take them to win the game straight up, and to take them with the spread, and that's Texans plus four against the Steelers, and the Giants plus three and a half against the Forty ers I feel like both of those games, the Giants and Texans are easily going to win both those games. And I think those covers are easy. The Texans, I mean, talk about an easy schedule for the Texans. They played the Ravens and the Chiefs week one and two. Okay. Like, and, and they, they played, they played against them. They didn't, they didn't look like what the Jets look like versus, uh, versus Mullins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, that's not what it looked like out there. Yeah. I would say, I would I would not go with the Texans. I think the Texans are going to lose, honestly, to the Steelers. Man, the Steelers. Think about it, dude. Like, I I'm, I actually really like the Steelers. I'm really high on them, and I think they're going to get better as the season goes on. Sort of like the Bills. They they, they have a lot of Bills tendencies. Yeah. Um, but the Texans, man, they they've been playing okay. Yeah, like they they did. League. Yeah, I mean, they just played the Ravens, who's a really good team, and they were able to like do something against them, but I just, I just don't see it, man. I honestly, it's more so Bill O'Brien and not having enough weapons. I don't think David Johnson's enough. Will for Will Fuller is now hurt again, I believe. Right. So who playing, but I'm not sure who, who not, whoever knows the Bill Fuller's uh, soft tissues. We have literally no idea. So I, if, if Will Fuller's not playing and you're relying on David Johnson and you know, Darren Fells, Darren Fells, I don't see it. So that's why. Honestly, man, uh, uh, the most criminally underrated quarterback in our league, no holds barred, no question, is D. Watson. Deshaun Watson is easily the most underrated quarterback. He was under, he was criminally underrated in college in Clemson. 
because of Alabama. He's criminally underrated now because of Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes and, and his GM slash head coach stink. He has Adam Gase. He literally has Adam Gase. He has the defensive Adam Gase chilling, but he actually managed to keep his managing position. And that's really it. It's Bill O'Brien who's doing a who, – you don't, you don't hinder your quarterback by getting rid of his best option in D-hop just because you have a disagreement with D-hop to get David Johnson. You could – honestly, if he wanted a running back – good, though. I know you don't, trade, you don't trade D-hop for a running back. I got you. But David Johnson's good. He, he didn't know – he did – he's okay. He has gone down. I mean, he's, I don't think it might not be versus Steelers because they're actually a really good run defense. But, yo, I really think that Deshaun Watson is about to tear them up. I, I, I don't know, especially the four. The four is such a perfect number here because even if the Steelers do somehow win this one, which I really don't think they're going to. I mean, who would the Steelers play, dude? Like the Giants? Uh, okay. Like, uh, I, I don't know. The, the Steelers really haven't been that impressive to me either, um, even though I really like them. So Texas are going to be my pick. And the other one, it seems too obvious to me, the Giants three and a half versus the 49ers, dude. Mullins is playing. They have a bunch of defensive guys, stars on out, Thomas and Bosa. They just signed uh, Ansa to come in there. The Giants just signed Freeman. The Giants have their back to the wall. I don't know about you. I kind of like Joe Judge. Yeah, he's a good coach. I trust. I trust the. I would take the Giants in this case against the 49ers. I think it's going to be a nice competitive game. We saw the Giants making competitive against the Bears and the Bears, who have a good defense, and the 49ers' defense is now like just it's injury ridden. So I can see this game being the game to take the Giants, and I, I'll, I'll, I would, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. So that really wraps it up for me. I, the other. Games I just kind of like this week. Uh, the Saints are minus three versus the Packers. I think the Saints are gonna uh, show up. Uh, I think the Packers are not as good as they seem, and I think the Saints are better uh, than what they uh, outputted uh, last week. I think their defense is way better. I think James Winston is gonna eventually come in. Um, I think. They're, they are more of what they showed in the first half than what they are, what they were in the second half Monday. Any thoughts on that? I disagree. I think the Packers are going to be mighty fine. I think the Saints, Drew Brees does not look normal. He doesn't look like Drew Brees of old. I think you, you're seeing that he's struggling to push it down the field. I, Aaron Rodgers is just fine. Aaron Rodgers put up 41 points last week, and even though they lost uh, Devonta Adams, they're going to be just fine. No, nah, the Saints defense is really good. It's 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 underrated, in my opinion. So we disagree on that one. We'll cover that next week. Um, on that same note, I think New England's going to murder Vegas. Vegas <laughs> over a big win. New England coming over a big loss. Both on both emotional. Like uh, Bill Belichick coming out with his uh, Yeezy season nine uh, Patriots ripped up hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> like it's they're they're good. They're good. They're all going to be all set. Bill Belichick dresses like a man who has absolutely made it, and no one can tell him otherwise. Can I just tell you something, man? And like, I, well, well, I'm like done after this uh, with today's episode. I had to admit it today. If I, if Bill Belichick was our coach, I would be absolutely insufferable. I would be the most insufferable fan on the earth if Bill Belichick was my coach. For the last like ten years, I would dress like him. 
I would literally like I would like walk around like on Sundays. Like I would never I would I would wear that on Sundays. I would always have a ripped up hoodie with a hood on. Like that's what I would always do. Like it's unreal, man. Like he he you can give him like uh, the Duke football team, you know, with uh, my, your boy Chase Bryce and like they could like he could murder it. Like I feel like I feel like he would beat the Jets. So like as much as it annoys me, his press conferences, as much as I get a kick out of watching that his press conferences after he lost the Super Bowl to the Giants, you know, as much as I love, like, watching him in controversy and getting all pissed off that he has to, like, answer questions not about football, but then he gets mad if you ask him questions about football because he doesn't think you know anything. Like, I, 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 like I, I, I hate all that and just like everybody else, but man, oh, man, like – if my head coach would just come out in a ripped up shirt and like, just talk about like schemes and because he's like watching film and doesn't come out there and talk about how like, it's not his fault because Bashar Perryman is hurt. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at the difference, dude. Like it's insane. Stark difference. And I totally agree. If I, if, if <laughs> I could just see myself right now walking into the office, just wearing like shorts, a tattered, uh, sweatshirt and just be like deal with it you know what i mean it's just like the confidence you could have like when you have that type of head coach just because you know you're just gonna win but oh man until 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 week three comes john until week three comes i just uh i'm happy that i'm going to be in a different time zone for this next uh week and and hopefully um Hopefully the Jets won't hurt my soul at 1.01 p.m. But that was that was tough, dude. Come on, man. Uh, one minute into the game. Uh, right, so you can play the uh, credits out of here like, while we're talking. <laughs> but, like, come on, Alex. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Well, look, I know it's hard, John. And I, I just want to say thank you for our listeners for tuning in for another long episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe. Let all your friends and family know about this. And also, if you need John's address to send him cookies, beer, hard liquor, whatever it's needed. I just need, like, I, I just need a, I mean, a win. Like, can I just get a win? Dude, like, just, a w. just send anything his way that he needs love right now, people. He needs love. Just call 1-800-HELP-JOHN. All right. <laughs> Later, everyone. Go Jets, I guess. Take flight or whatever. Defund the Jets. Yo, definitely defund the Jets, man.